friends. Welcome to Dream It Real, a podcast for those who dream, brought to you by Coach. It's me. I'm your host, Heaven Nagatu. So over the last six episodes, we've been talking to celebrities, thought leaders, and young people who are transforming the world one dream at a time. We talked to Selena Gomez about staying authentic. We visited 17-year-old Giovanni in Newark, New Jersey to hear his story of courage. Michael B. Jordan spoke candidly about inclusion in Hollywood, and Maisie Williams stepped off the Game of Thrones set to remind us the importance of community. We talked about honing our weirdness, strangeness, and otherness with Ben Platt. And coaches Stuart Vivers told us to take risks and trust our instincts. We spoke about everything from drag houses with Desmond is Amazing to football with Nevaeh Spillman from Kansas City. The 13-year-old changing stereotypes just by stepping onto the football field as her school's first female quarterback. And the thing that connects all these people and their stories is their commitment to making their dreams real. It's been an honor just to hear your stories. So for our final episode of season one, we have a special guest who totally embodies this spirit. 14-year-old Marley Dias is here to talk about purpose. You don't have to wait until you're older to do something. You don't have to wait until you have more money to do something. You don't have to wait until someone listens to you. You have to, what you have to do in order to make any change is to first believe in your own ideas and find the resources that you need. So Marley Dias is 14 years old and already has such a great handle on the idea of purpose. You can see it in her work. Back in 2015, as an 11-year-old, she launched the hashtag 1000BlackGirlBooks campaign, giving a platform to books that feature Black girls as the main characters. Since then, she's become a published author, she's Elle magazine's youngest staff writer, and she's been recognized by Forbes in their 30 Under 30 list. She's also used her voice to inspire other people, and she still somehow manages to keep on top of her grades and the track team at school. Hi, Marley. Hey. I'm so happy you're here. It's so great to see you again. I'm happy to be here, too. I'm excited. I have never done that many podcasts, only done one, and it was with you before. What? So it's like my second time. It was like my first time, but a different time. Oh, my God. I'm so honored. So last time we talked, we were chatting about the 1,000 Black Girl Books campaign you launched in 2015. Yeah, back when I was like little, little baby Marley. Okay. The colorful, (laughs) you know, the colorful glasses, you know, the, the giant, elegant, you know, suits and all that stuff. And I mean, I'm still like that, but that was like a while. Ago now. I know Think it's been a minute. It. Yeah. Wait, so for everybody who may not know about this campaign, tell tell the people how it started. So in fifth grade, I was an avid reader. I loved to read. My school would always encourage, and my parents would always encourage how important it was for me to be an avid reader. But my teacher, he was always assigning us books like Where the Red Fern Grows and the Shiloh series and Old Yeller. Oh, I and remember if, those. Yeah, I mean they're they're classics. Yeah, they're considered classics. Yes, yes. Because, that was air quotes, children. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did a little air quotes with classics. classics. Because they are always assigned and they're the Mm -hmm. the automatic book that fifth grade teachers to the seventh grade teachers want to assign. But if you look at them, even though they have completely different messages, they all have white boys and their dogs as the main characters. (laughs) And I tell you, it Uh, really like you you think about it and you're like, oh, they're classics. And then you think, what defines a classic? Mm. And we look at all those books and they normally have white guys that are characters and some animal or some person that is there. Some adventure they're going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think that I thought that was a huge problem because like I'm a black girl. My parents have always given me books that have black girls as the main characters. Mm. So why in my school? where I learn so much do I never see myself mm. as a person that we get to learn about. In history, we didn't learn about me. 
in reading we never saw me, in movies we never watched me. And I thought that was a huge problem. And mm. I didn't think it was just like a selfish, because I know I just said me a bunch of times. <laughs> but it's not even in a selfish way. Mm. I was like, there's so many other black girls that don't think their stories are important, don't right. think they're valid, don't think they have anything important to say, because they never read about characters or saw characters that had a voice. And I want to make sure that by collecting a 1,000 books, which was my original goal, mm. that we could see black girls as the main characters in the books that were assigned at school. So did you collect a thousand books? That's a lot. So, you know, I know I tell you now it feels like light work, but back then it was so much harder. I was able to collect 1000 books, Mm. but that I was on the Ellen show, which helped a lot with, Mm. you know, being able to promote. But I was like two weeks away and I only had 200 books before I went on the show. So I would have not reached that goal. But I think a huge part of it was getting that training on how to learning how to speak, you know, eloquently and articulate my ideas and kind of have an elevator pitch for what the campaign is about. And even if I didn't reach that goal, I would have been like still, you know, trained as an activist and doing Hmm. things and starting up and identifying a problem. How did you learn how to do that? I mean, I tell you, I don't even really know. Like my mom, she has always had that skills. I think of her, you know, as very fancy, you know, uh, shoulders back, you okay. know, proper. Okay. She understands a lot. She has big words for everything. And I, <laughs> I you know, I've watched her do that. Mm. And she's always instilled in me that being excellent and having black girl excellence wasn't distant from me. Mm. I am that and I can be that if I'm determined and I have the proper resources and tools that I both use for myself and share with others. And I didn't get to clarify, but through, you know, this black girl excellence, I've been able to collect over 12,000 books Ooh, where black girls are the main Ooh, characters. What? And that is in three years, guys. So that's 4,000 books a year. Okay. And, you know, technically, if you're Flex not... Flex on them. Yeah, basically, period. Okay. You know, I was able to do that. And I hope that now I'm... The next step in the campaign, even though we are still collecting books, is to encourage other kids that if they want to start campaigns or if they want to start projects where they see problems, mm. that they can do that. And that I am both a resource and tool for them and an example of how they can. That's amazing. I... It is hard to do anything like that at the age of 11, let alone at the age of anything. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm sure many other young black girls have encountered that problem, but maybe not everyone felt empowered to do something about it. For other young people who may have an idea or want to do something and then they hear from people saying they're too young or any other sort of obstacle like that, what advice would you give them? So as much as I feel like I should totally be able to give advice and say like to young people, you know, kids my age and younger, you can do it. You can do that. I will always say that. But a lot of it is about the parents and the teachers Hmm. because parents and teachers are not creating spaces where kids feel like they can be talked to or they can have honest conversations and feel respected. So I feel like a lot of the work that needs to be done is not Hmm. even on the kids to necessarily motivate them, Hmm. but it's to make sure that parents and teachers and institution leaders have the proper resources and create spaces where it's even safe to pitch an idea because I go into rooms sometimes where I don't feel like I'm going to be listened to Mm. but I but I have that extra push from my mom because she makes that space for me but I know there are a lot of black kids out there and a lot of kids out there that don't feel safe and don't feel like they're going to be listened to so they hide their ideas and they hide their voice and all this potential goes to waste what was the response institutionally um, so we've been able to do a lot. I've been able to talk to all the superintendents in schools in New York State. Wow. And I was able to explain to them why diversity is important and how we can adapt and change curriculums for the better to make sure that everyone's story can be told. So I did that at the early starts of the campaign. Mm. And now through social media, I try to recommend books all the time. Mm. Whenever I do an interview, I tell them, here are the age groups. Here's what you can do. And we have a resource guide on our website, uh, which is grassrootscommunityfoundation.org where you can see 1,000 of the books we've collected. So they're titles, emerging, independent, adult, visual reader, 
all those things and you can look at and support all these authors that are telling stories that need to be told. This is such an amazing resource. Thank you. I feel like I didn't even know that many black girl books existed, to be honest. Yeah. And I, I, I've been able to explain to people because they're like, I don't think those books even really exist. Right. I'm like, no, 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 no. They out here. They are out here. It's just that they're from self-published authors or mm. small publishing houses. Gotcha. And we have a lot of stories that are being told and a lot of diversity in those small independent books, but they're not put into schools because they don't come with big publishing houses. So mm. I want to change that narrative. Mm. And with that guide, show to teachers that you can buy these books off of Amazon, that they have their own websites. Mm. You just aren't looking in the right places. Gotcha. So no more excuses. Exactly. We tired. Come on. Here's a whole list. <laughs> doing the work, Marley. You're doing the work. Thank you. <laughs> of all the books you've collected, what's the one you'd recommend for everyone to read? The one I'd recommend for everyone is Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. Uh, I yes. bet I've said this 110 times Say it now. again. <laughs> it is my favorite book I've ever read. It is her life written in verse. Mm. And I could connect so much with what she had to say um, about feeling like you're in two different spaces, mm. feeling like you weren't accepted by the people around you, understanding that you have a voice and you didn't always feel like it could be told. And she addresses so many things that I think people of all races and all experiences can relate to. And it's a book that I love. I feel like you sound so confident and I'm wondering if you ever have moments where you doubt yourself or you just have questions or you're unsure. You, all the time. I'm a huge overthinker. I feel like I, oh, put, same the, girl. I, I put the exact same amount of like mental energy into little things and big things, mm. which is a problem because I get so like tired. Of, yes, like, I, yes. Everyone's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. But I'm like, it is in my head. Mm -hmm, I've been working mm -hmm. it out like it's like the Pythagorean theorem. Like everything. <laughs> all the math exactly, numbers are swirling. Everything's just in my head. I see like I'm Iron Man. Just like the suit. Everything is popping up and I, I, I overthink a lot so um I wouldn't say that a lot of my confidence has been reaffirmed by my parents when I was like younger I always say younger because I don't want people to say young and they're like you're 14 Marley you can't really say young <laughs> um but I I feel like I they've always told me and they told me I was great before people could challenge that so when I came into spaces where I people were like oh well is she really even what she saying doesn't make any sense she's not she's not really she's a kid what can she do mm. but they had already told me that I had that power so I wasn't really you know concerned about what they had to say in that respect because I was like my parents told me I was you're great 10 years ago you. <laughs> like, like I, I know what I'm doing. So um, they but they also tell me to be open to critique. So mm. I don't I'm not that person that's like I have to prove every single person that says something negative wrong. All I have to do is reach my personal best and try my best in every situation. And I, I don't think it's a good idea for kids and adults to feel like, well, they told me I can't do it. So I'm going to do it for that exact reason. I've never lived by that motto. I feel like that's that's more like being concerned with what people think to try and prove them right. than rather just doing what you want to do mm. and being like, watch this or don't watch it. I'm excited and I'm confident and I love what I do. I love that. That's such a healthy attitude. Um, so, yes, let's get into your book real quick. Okay. <laughs> Last year in your spare time. uh Outside of school, outside of track, and just regular, I imagine, trials and tribulations of being a teen. <laughs> yeah, I was able to publish a book. And you I was wrote so a book. Yes. It's called Marley Diaz Gets It Done and So Can You. Mm -hmm. What made you want to write it? So I wanted to write it because I know that all the time, after any speaking event, after anything, there would always be a parent that would walk up to me or my mom and say, how do you get a daughter like her? How do you how do you get someone that actually wants to do something? My son, when I get back home, I'm going to yell at my son because he, he just wants to play video games all day. And and that's like I love this impression of a parent, I first of you, all. I tell you, my mom, when she's listening to this, she's going to say that's extremely accurate because it is. Dragged up. Someone always walks up to us and is like, how, how, mm, how, how? Mm. 
And I wanted to explain that. Like, I could always just say, well, I just try my best and I hard work and it's all that. But there's so much more that has gone into what makes me uh, who I am and mm. what makes the campaign what it is. And I can't explain that with a, a two-minute conversation with one mom and then have to do that with every single yeah, mom that yeah. ever wants to learn anything. <laughs> so um, the book is hopefully a tool for parents and teachers to learn about how they can be um, more, listen to kids more and how they can be a safe space and a kind of home and incubator for activists and also how kids can take the things that they love to do, if it's basketball, singing, acting, dancing, and take those gifts and talents and make the world a better place. We also have 500 of the books that are in the resource guide. They are actually in the back of the book. So if you buy a book, we would encourage you to look through and find mm. more books to tell more stories and help promote the idea of diversity. I love that. Each book gets you to another book. Exactly. Like, it's kind of like a little trail. If <laughs> we were able that. to get that, that little resource guide in all those books, that would be crazy. Like an That's Easter amazing. egg hunt of diversity. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's delightful. Uh, what do you want people to take away from the book? There's a chapter in there called Be the Change You Want to See in the World. Mm -hmm. Why did you put that in there? I think a huge part of what I have to do and always want to encourage is that you don't have to wait until you're older to do something. You don't have to wait until you have more money to do something. You don't have to wait until someone listens to you. You have to, what you have to do in order to make any change is to first believe in your own ideas and find the resources that you need. So technology is a huge, huge tool for that. And in that chapter, I talk a lot about how it was able to directly find and help my mom and help all the people around me listen to me mm. and say that, okay, here's my idea. I figured out what I need from you guys. I figured out how I want to promote it. And here are the things I don't know. So what you have to do, if you want me to be the future, if you want me to be a change, a change maker in the now, you have to help me. And you have to understand that if you want me to be great in the future, if you want me to change the world, if you want me to fix global warming, cure cancer, you have to listen to me on my little ideas, whether it's a lemonade stand or a book drive. Mm. You have to listen because there's no way I'm going to know how to do that in 20 years if I don't feel like I can do it now. I love that. Ugh. Are you listening, parents? Exactly. <laughs> can you hear me? Um, you have a introduction in your book by a, one... Ava DuVernay, yes. a little light, <laughs> light intro work <laughs> from the film director and uh, director of A Wrinkle in Time and just like awesome woman that we yeah, all know and love. Yeah. <laughs> so she called you a daring adventurer, unafraid to challenge the status quo and build her dreams into reality. Perfect. I love that. I love it too. When I read the forward, I was like, oh my gosh, they're not <laughs> even ready. Because we didn't get to tell anybody who was like writing the introduction, who yeah. was doing anything, who was going to like have little like reviews of the book in the back. And well, I blurbs. was like, oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> How does she know that about you? So I've been able to work with her from my editor-in-residence that I did with Elle.com. So I was able to tell stories about Misty Copeland, Ava DuVernay, how parents listen to kids, fashion, hair, I love all that. these things. And they basically let me do a lot of what I wanted to do. It's amazing. And I got to interview her. And I was so scared. Like, she, because I've watched her videos. She has a very deep, raspy voice. I love her voice. You know, voice. she's tall. She's, like, my mom's height. And she's just, you know, she's so, she's basically like my mom, but, like, if I didn't know my mom before I met her. <laughs> like, you know, if, if, like, I just saw my mom around the street. She looks, she's, like, just like her in that respect, where they're both, you know, tall, you know, really educated, creative, people that are always, like, you know, thinking, 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 thinking. So I came up, and I was like, Mom, here are my questions. I'm going to interview you first. You be Ava. And then when I do it, <laughs> I love how to do it because yes. I, I, I figured they were kind of similar from what I had I'd seen and I already heard um, and I was able to 
interview her and that was a really good interview and she kind of you know took me under her wing in the respect that she's always promoted she's always been active on social media mm. talking about what I have to do that's amazing and she chose me as her charity of choice for a variety women in power event we did so this was a while after the L interview so you she, are familiar yeah me and Ava we cool we cool yeah we go way back we go way back <laughs> um, so she has always been a huge supporter and someone that has you know, spoken out about my idea and why we need to listen to kids and with a wrinkle in time telling the story of a black girl where it started off as a story of a white girl. Um, and she's just been always there for me. She really showed to me that you can be a person that listens to kids and set an example for me for all adults going forward mm. on how to be the support and how to be an agent of change for kids. I love that. Shout out to Ava. Yeah, really shout out to her. Um, you kind of already touched on this, but I want to get into it explicitly. The theme of this episode is purpose. I yes. feel like it's clear to me that you move with a purpose and an intention that uh, really informs all of your work. So I just want to ask you point blank. What does purpose mean to you and why is it important? I think that to me, purpose means the intention and the grace with which you move in life. Mm. Um Purpose is the way in which you focus on and make a plan and dial in on being great in that moment. I feel like I have a lot of purpose. I just have to work on balancing it and figuring out how can I take the situations I've worked with with kids, with parents, with adults that are just, you know, trying to interview me. And how can I take, you know, the lessons I've learned and what I've done and help other kids learn how to apply both what I know and their own flair, you know, their own finesse to making the world a better place. What's amazing about you, a million things, <laughs> but it's hard to kind of have that sort of intention and purpose as a young person. It's hard to have it, frankly, as an adult sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of people also struggle with that kind of not being sure or just they're just not clear what their purpose yeah, is. Yeah, being aimless. Yeah. Um, what do you say to folks like that and what advice would you give? So I feel like to people that either have a lot of energy and creative energy and don't know where to put it or a lot of people that don't have energy because they feel like they're not being listened to, I give the exact same advice, which hmm. is to, you know, go out and try and find those people that look like you. Try and find more stories that you relate to. And I think a lot of what I've learned about is from reading, you know, books like Brown Girl Dreaming and seeing how she was able to move with Grace in her situation and thinking, well, if she can do that, I can do that. And if I've never seen someone like her or like me, I can even do that too. I've learned one little piece of information and I can use that to start a movement and change the world and learn more and more and more. So for people that feel like they have lost their purpose, go out there and try to consume all the happy, lighthearted, informational you know, resources and media that you can. Because I think it helps a lot in guiding you and figuring out what you like, what you don't like, what your story is, and how you can use your experiences and who you are to help others and help yourself. That's such a great first step. Yeah, just I think, like sort of it's like just learn about things around yeah, you. Like, just enjoy something, see what you like, what you don't like. I, I feel like great first step for me whenever I'm feeling a little aimless is to see some art. Yeah, just art in the city. Just enjoy. Stuff. Yeah, that's such a such a great piece of advice. It's often easier to see something in others before seeing it in yourself. Yeah, I'm curious if there are, were people in your life who saw something in you before you even saw it. So this actually, it, it gets me emotional. She's not even here. So I'm going to keep it nice and short just because it's so like 
it's just emotional for me. My auntie Sonia, she thought I was like, you know, she thought I was really, really smart as a kid. Because I used to read a lot in preschool. Like, I would just, you know, flip through, flip through. I knew every word, like the cat in the hat. And it was a lot about, <laughs> like, you know, I would, just, I would just go through it. Like, I was, I was really smart. But my mom, she's from Jamaica. And she thinks she's like, well, Americans think they're smarter than they actually are. So I'm not even <laughs> sure that Marley knows Wait, how to read. Wait, that's funny. That's true. Yeah, she's like, well, they, they think they're at the top. But I'm pretty sure she doesn't know how to read. She just memorized it. But my auntie <laughs> Sonia was like, no, I'm pretty sure she understands how to do this. I'm pretty sure she knows more things than you think. But she was like, oh, silly American. Move out of my way. I'm going to, we're just going to do something else. So she was like the first person that would always like show my mom and tell my mom that I knew things that she didn't think I knew. And it's not that my mom doubted me really. It was just that she was like, are you sure? Like it was a conspiracy for her that Marley was actually like knew how to do stuff. And my auntie Sonia, she like, she already saw that within me. So I will always, always credit her and thank her and my mom together for making me who I am. Oh, I love that. Uh, Who were some of your role models growing up? So with role models, I feel like I can always just take a specific characteristic because I'm not them. Like, I love Beyonce. I saw Homecoming. Mm, Let's talk about it. Exactly. It was was insane. (laughs) And I like I would always say I want to be confident like Beyonce. Mm. I want to be driven like her. But Mm. I can't be Beyonce. So no no one can. No one one. can. (laughs) I would just I. I'd say that she's makes a part of who she is makes up a role model for me because mm. I think of the role model as like a perfect Marley like you know like a cyborg robot like <laughs> comes out of a you know a, ga- a gas chamber and just is perfect <laughs> I think of like qualities that they would take in like oh two ounces of Beyonce okay three okay. ounces of Oprah okay four ounces of Ava DuVernay like Ooh. seven ounces of my mom you know like oh I love I think this of, recipe <laughs> exactly I think of them all like not just their individual who they are because I'm not from Houston I didn't grow up in Destiny's right, right. Child think about some of the characteristics that <laughs> I I've <wish>. seen <laughs> me too. <laughs> think about some of the characteristics that I see from them and kind of make the super Marley rather than just say, I have to be like Beyonce. Gotcha. Who are some of the other ingredients we throw in there? <laughs> I think I would throw... So Oprah, what, what are we taking from so Oprah? So we have... Well, I think from Oprah, we're talking about entrepreneurship. Yes, you know, a businesswoman. Because I am, you know, I'm supposed to be a businesswoman, but I have to like... Nah, you out here. I see I, it. I, exactly. I see I, it. I give I give a lot away for free, though. So oh, I, I see. I see. So, I mean, so we get the coins you, up. You, know, you get a car, you get a car. <laughs> for, me, it's, for me, it's you get a book, you get a book, oh. you get... You know, it's... And not, you get a book. Exactly. And you get a book. I love that. So I think I take a lot of the inspiration from her okay, I would say okay. you know, Beyonce with, I just think she's confident like she has some of the, the ability to just you know speak and perform and dance and do so many things at once and still be really really talented and yes. good at all of them I would say Michelle Obama I've gotten to meet her a couple of times Ooh. and I'm just blown away oh. like ah, I can't believe this is real wait what are we taking from Michelle I would say we're definitely taking leadership mm-hmm. because I know that she had to walk into a lot of rooms mm-hmm. being the only mm-hmm. and I've had to do that a couple of times but I know she lived a lot of her life being like she was the only even even in the white house she had to do that so i Certainly. applaud her for yeah. having that still a level of confidence when she was never in spaces where she was represented mm. um i would say my friend marseille martin she just came out with little i think yes. her creative energy yes. her her literal finesse like i tell you she's like she just knows how to make everything funny everything creative everything packaged perfectly to just enjoy i love to watch her just you know just dance just sing just do whatever she wants to do because she loves it yeah it was so it's it's been lovely watching her journey from blackish to now like executive producing exactly. movies and like yeah she's like, doing she pitched it, all. it when she was 10 like i didn't even i didn't know her when she pitched it i met her when she, we were both 11 but i could already see that happening we heard we heard about it like after our first couple times and we you know we went out we were at her house i was sleeping over and we heard about the pitch for little and, like, ah. 
I had not seen, you know, some of the other like movies that it's kind of taken inspiration from. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, what? Wait, what is this? <laughs> so I I was like, heard it and I was like, that's dope. But like, I mean, I don't know, but that's dope. It's like, I was, if anyone could do it, I knew she could do mm. it. So um, I think that she is my hugest, biggest inspiration. I know she doesn't really even know that because, you know, she's like 5'4 and I'm like 5'8. So I always look down. <laughs> oh. I look down on her literally, but I look up to her figuratively. Oh, so it's like, you're killing me. I just love her so much. And I, will, I love it. I, I love, love it. Her. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love this like recipe to get super Marley. <laughs> yeah, she might be five two actually. Sorry about that one. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> we happen to both be alumni of Forbes thirty under thirty list. Hey, shout out to us. You really flexed that one. I did not even start that. You, but you were the youngest on the list. Yes, I was. Which flex again. That's incredible. So, what does it feel like to get all that recognition at a young, at such a young age? So with the 30 under 30 list, I had no idea that it was like that big of a deal. Like yeah. I remember, People I remember kind of come out of the woodwork to be like, huh? What yeah, was that? Basically. What was that? <laughs> I remember like seeing when I used to start, like when I first started watching YouTube, like seeing YouTubers on there. For me, that was a big deal. Like seeing mm-hmm. content creators that could make it on that list. And I didn't even realize I was like a content creator until I like started to do Instagram and I became more independent on that. But um, I was just so excited because I wasn't, I wasn't on there for you know like making content i was on there as a social entrepreneur like someone that is starting ideas and making things like just like people that invent like google and amazon and yes Apple. like yes I, I felt like that was crazy for me because that's I, amazing i didn't think of and i still really don't even think of what i do as as great as people like describe it when i read the bios for how people like say what i've done i'm like is that me like do you look <laughs> around like are you sure i'm not like morley doyas and there's like a marley dias like I don't know what's From going like on. an alternate timeline. Yeah, Hi, yeah, I'm like a hologram. You just put your arm through me. Um, I like, I feel like it's not real sometimes. And I, I don't always think I'm as grateful as I should be because I didn't even realize how important that was and like how that's a huge milestone for a young person and also just any person mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and I'm just excited about it. And now I think about it more and more because I see the people that get on it every year. I'm like, wow, that's crazy that I was there. Like I'm from a, I'm from a like small New Jersey town. Like I'm doing things that I never thought I could do. And I'm hopefully ho- showing other people older and younger, you know, got to be respectful of the 14-year-old, that they can <laughs> do it and that they have the potential and everyone does. Mm. I feel like sometimes I feel a little weird about it, to be honest. Do you ever feel weird about the like attention age gives you? No, I mean, I think I did at first mm. because I did a like when I first started doing TV interviews, it would always be like 12 year old Marley Dias. Like, they would never start with just like Marley, Di- like founder of 1000 Black. Right, right. Like, 12 year old. They never say entrepreneur. Exactly. It was just like author Marley Dias, 12 year old author. Like, they would just say my age, my age, my age, yeah. my age. And I was like, girl, what about me? They'd be like, 12, <laughs> like they, my name would be the last thing, be like 12 year old author from this or me. Like, it would be like, where, where girl, does my I'm name the important part. Me? Exactly. <laughs> And it's exciting to see that now it's shifted from, like, me being, like, an exception and being, like, oh, there's only one mm. black girl out there that is mm. doing the work, that is creating change, to becoming a norm in the society and becoming a norm in activism. Mm. I love that. Yes. Um, so you're doing a lot right now, but I'm curious. What's next for you? So I'm still thinking about this book idea and making sure that we can talk about, you know, other young girls that live far away from me that I've never met that are helping, um, you know, change the world and are becoming activists. I mean, track season just finished. I had shin splints and it was terrible. <laughs> oh, no. So I ran Those once and I was like, it's done. So 
I, the way I would describe Shinsu to people is like, remember when you were a kid and you used to jump off the swing? Like you would, you know, kick, pump, yep. pump, 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 <laughs> and your ankles would be like, whoa. It's like, why did we do this? Exactly. <laughs> like, the pressure, the pressure. I get that feeling when I would, when I would run. Mm-hmm. So now I've been able to like, I still support the team. I still like come out there, do times, do splits, do everything. And I was focused a lot on that. And I want to do it again next year. So I'm focused like on trying to becoming, like, you know, an athlete for my school, like doing stuff in my school and doing stuff out of school because now I'm in high school. So it's like, wow, I actually have to think about like what I'm doing and what I represent and like my grades and everything matters. So I'm still focused on that. And I'm really trying to dial in on that so I can feel like I'm in a place of balance where I just know, okay, I'm working on this. I'm working on this outside of school and doing this and I have it together. So I'm trying to find that balance towards the end of the year right now so I can figure out how to attack sophomore year Mm. and feel like I'm not having like a mental breakdown. Yeah, we stay on a healthy life balance. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Uh, Where do you see yourself in 10 years? So in 10 years, I'll be 24. Um, I already thought about this a little bit. So I have to think about college now because like Mm, that's that's around the corner. That's the whole sophomore season, junior season. Basically. So I've been thinking about going to Brown and studying. There's a, um, a major there and a concentration on um, it's called multicultural communications and media. Ooh. So it's like the history of directing, the history of books, the intro to acting, um, learning about world cultures and music. Like I, I feel like this. I see myself as like a creative director or an art director, someone that is able to put ideas together. I think I'm a I think I'm a pretty good leader. I mean, I would say I'm a pretty good leader. I would leader. say yes. I would say I yes. Mean, I would say yes. Like, I, I mean, I try, I'm like, I consider myself pretty humble. So I say I'm an okay leader. And I I want to I wanna be able to make sure that people's creative projects and the creative projects coming from minorities and kids that have such unique experiences as they grow to be adults and they enter these spaces that I can help them in growing these ideas. I love that. What's the best advice you've received from someone? So the best advice is from my mom. And I'm going to put on my mom voice. <clears throat> <laughs> Marley, do your best and don't worry about being the best. I think that it's like, it's just important to not compare, but Mm -hmm. also find motivation and see Mm -hmm. that other people are doing great things. Yes, definitely uh, competition and like jealousy will be the death of you. I don't don't find myself being competitive on the campaign, but like if we're playing Uno, like I tell you (laughs) why I'm competitive. It's going down. (laughs) Basically. So it's like, I am a competitive person, but I try not to put that energy anywhere near the work that I do Mm. because I think it'll just I think it'll ruin it and it'll become like kind of numbing because it's like I'm not good enough but I've never never thought of the work that I do as not good enough and I hope I never reach a place where I don't think of it as important I'm curious what how you would describe your generation in one word um connected okay because I think that like people a lot of adults and parents say like you're on your phone too much you do this too much you're on technology too much which I think is true in a lot of cases fair fair but I also feel like like let's imagine there's some kid that lives in middle of uh, middle America so like let's let's say like Nebraska like they have an idea they want to start you know 1,000 black boy books and they're the only black boy they've ever met in their own town and they want to be able to do something. They can go on their Instagram story. They can make an idea. They can pitch it. They can find other people like me, like girls like Marseille, and look at them and see what they're doing for diversity and understand what they can do and the power that they have. So connectivity, as much as it has so many things where it can negatively affect you mm. and ruin self-confidence and hurt people, but let's like also recognize the ability that it has to connect so many people and that that one boy can press little you see his little icon and press post and be able to connect and help so many other people that he doesn't even know understand that they have a voice and to see if he can do it and he lives in the middle of nowhere and he's trying to change the world that i can do it too i feel like you're a very busy person i think i am a little <laughs> i feel bit. like you got I'm a lot little... going on 
I'm curious what your word for 2019 is. We've been asking everyone that. Okay, so my word for 2019 is supposed to be balance. Ooh. But the word that I say the most in 2019 is silly goose. I oh. say it all. Like, if you know, it, like, I did on my Instagram story, I had, like, the thing, like, what do I say all the time for a question? Mm. And I tell you, it was, like, 30 of them were silly goose, silly Oh, I goose, love that. Everybody goose. knows. Everybody knows I say silly <laughs> goose all the time. So, I mean, my literal word that I'm trying to, like, go off of and live by is balance and figuring out how to take that energy and that purpose mm. and figure out how to spread it a lot more even mm. um but also silly goose because i'm a silly goose yes so, i love that's that my yes i love that energy um it's been so fun talking to you i can't wait to see all the million more things you're gonna do thank you me too i mean i came when i was 11 now i'm back here again. yes and next time you're gonna see me, i'm gonna be like 19 it's gonna yes. be crazy another so, interview i don't even know what it's gonna be for basically we're gonna talk more about creating that role model and that robot we're gonna yes. play it out we're gonna make the it superhuman <laughs> those are our robot sounds <laughs> Thank you so much, Marley. Thank you, too. Hey, like what you hear? Well, discover more about the Coach fam and what the brand is all about at coach.com. Okay, before we go, we have a few more people we'd like you to hear from. We asked some friends of Coach what advice they'd give their younger selves, and they had some interesting answers. First up, we have actress Chloe Grace Moretz. To my younger self, I would probably say don't take everything so seriously, that have as much fun as you can. You know, I think when I was younger, I took things pretty seriously, and as I grew up, I've been able to throw myself deeper into the the silliness of it all. Dylan Sprouse also had some wise words of wisdom. You know, in general, a lot of the energy that you give off about how you might feel about something uh, will either keep you from achieving your goals or propel you into achieving your goals. Um, so I would say that if you walk into situations with a good energy, a good mindset, and you're hopeful and you're optimistic, people generally want to help you. They want to respond to that. Um, so if I'm giving advice to myself even two to three years ago, I would say maybe lose the bad attitude and, uh, and put a fire under your ass a little bit. And lastly, the ever so mysterious and very straight to the point, Lakeith Stanfield. Stay in school. Thanks, Chloe, Dylan, and Lakeith for leaving us with some much-needed final inspiration, yes. And thank you, yes you, dear listener, for listening to the show this week. And also for tuning in the whole season. I can't believe we did it, but we did it. We are here. It is episode six, the last episode of the season. So y'all, the response to the show has been incredible. I really feel like people have taken in all the earnest wisdom people have been giving us. And I, me, myself, and I personally have grown. I've grown a lot. We've been asking every guest what their word of the year is. And I've been thinking about it a lot. And I think I want my word of the year to be fun. I feel like I've been focusing and plotting and uh, feeling a little anxious about a million other things. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to relax a little and have some fun. So my word of the year is fun. Stay tuned because we're coming back for another season. Don't sleep. Stay in the know by following Coach on social media or visiting coach.com slash dream it real. The show has been a collaboration between Coach, shout out to Dylan and Liche and the whole team, Pineapple Street Media, shout out to Augie, shout out to Josh, and of course, shout out to all the young people across the country who are dreaming it real. And uh, shout out to me. This, this show has also been a collaboration with me. The show is brought to you by Coach as a part of their Dream It Real initiative, all about supporting the next generation and their dreams for the future. 
Until next time, friends, dream it real. 